Well, I want to welcome everyone here this morning. If you don't know who I am, Pastor Rich Lee, pastor here. And those who have been coming for a while showed you a video. If you didn't know, our church is part of a, a family of churches called Ebony Nation. Uh, churches all around the world and here in the States. And um, one of their, their mission statement, really their vision statement is to honor God and really plant churches and make lead, build leaders. And uh, I want to let you know, when, they heard, when uh, Mr. Tipton said thank you, he was actually saying that to us. Because all the things you see on that, on that video, we are able to participate in. When we talk about paying it forward this whole, this whole month, our church has been available to do that. And we're able to fund those missionaries to Sri Lanka, the church plants. Um, you know, if you don't know, this church here, your church that you belong to or you've been coming to for a while, we give over $1,000 a month out for missions outside this place for local, national, and international. We also support a church, Luminous Church, that we everyone remember, San Antonio, we support that monthly. Also, our 10-day mission trip that we were able to go to Cincinnati together because of your giving. And right now, we're over $15,000 of our goal of 25 we we're trying to get this year. And you, it's because of you guys paying it forward. And I want to say thank you for what you do. Thank you for your generosity. Because we believe here, as a message today, this, the... Uh, the message uh, title today is Blessed to be a Blessing. And I made it sure I said we're blessed to bless. And how many have been enjoying the Pay It Forward series? How many had a chance to pay, pay something forward? Who did I give a certificate? I gave you the man, the man with the hair. Come on up here, Alan. Come on up here. I'm really jealous because he has hair. And if you guys don't know who's on the front row, it's Craig and Sharice Belter. They're on our board, and they're from Big Spring. And I'm, yeah. And I'm jealous because Craig is skinnier, and he has hair, too. So after the service, I want you all to pray for me. That I'll be skinny. I love having no hair because the anointed has no hair. Not saying that you're not anointed. Why don't you share? I gave, uh, if you didn't know, I'll give you an update. We, I gave out three envelopes last week and the, the following weeks for everyone to pay them for. I didn't tell them what was in the envelope, and I just have people giving testimonies today. Uh, I went to the grocery store the other day and, uh, to buy a couple of things, and I seen a young couple walking around, and uh, I just pulled them to the side. I said, hey, uh, how would you guys like to have a free dinner on me? And at first, they... They, they thought I was kidding. And, I, uh, and finally, once they thought, oh, they figured I wasn't joking, uh, they took it and they're like, You're serious? Oh, yeah, I'm dead serious. And they, were, they were pretty excited. Hey, Amen. How'd you feel? Oh, good. Felt good? Yeah. Was a little ner- Were you a little nervous? Uh, not really. Good. Being up here makes me nervous. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Well, while I'm preaching, why don't you just stand here and, and grin? <laughs> Thanks, Alan. You're amazing. Come on, get a Lord a hand clap on that. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Can't remember who I gave it to. I gave a bunch. Anybody else? Oh, come on. There you are, sir. I got the baby. There you are. I remember. Now I remember because my wife told me I was supposed to remember. <laughs> and you have hair, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, ushers, remove Miss Sparkle. <laughs> 
Well, recently we've been taking this uh, class, the FPU class. Mm -hmm. And so wow. it taught me, I mean, it taught us a lot. You know, not only did it teach us how to manage our finances, but it taught us to communicate. Wow. And one thing I learned a lot, too, is um, um, just um, how God put this finances in our life to manage it for mm. his purpose. And, um, well, I decided to bless someone else with uh, to keep money in for them. Uh, but, wow. so, it works. Amen. All right. Passing on principles. Yes. That's awesome. Oh, go ahead and say it again. Mr. Oh, I, I got a book, that Complete Money Makeover book. I got two of them, and I handed it out to you. Amen. Awesome. Come on, all. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Awesome. That's amazing. That is amazing. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn them to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. We're going to talk about Abraham today as talking about blessed to be a blessing. Give you a little backdrop as you're going there. Uh, if you know about the book of Genesis, how it started off with Adam and Eve, and they kind of fell, and uh, God had to do some planning, and uh, society kind of went downhill. Then you read later on in the Bible there, had a little flood. Then you read about Noah, and Noah was a great man. Noah started strong, but he didn't end strong. Then you get down to chapter 11, and we have what we call the Tower of Babel, and it was a great thing because it said we can do anything we want to do. We can do. We can accomplish anything we want to accomplish. But the problem with the Tower of Babel, they want to accomplish it on their own strength, and they want to have all the credit for it. Then we get down to 12. And really, when you look at Abraham, God is starting over with the covenant that he promised really Adam and Eve in the garden. So he's restating that, and this is his plan. Abraham, we call him, if you heard about him, the father of faith. And we're looking at his calling when God called him, starting in verse 12, verses 1 through 4. If you don't have your Bibles, it's on the screen. Again, I'm using the ESV version. So now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and from your, and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. So you will be a what? You'll be a what? And I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be what? Shall be what? Amen. Amen. The takeaway of this message today is God blesses his people so that they can, they can be a blessing to all people. God blesses his people so they can be a blessing to all people. And if you look at Abraham, if you read this very passage here, just a little history, the writers say, and you see it in Acts chapter 7, verse 2 through 4, when Stephen was giving his sermon before he was, he was martyred. He talked about this is the second call of Abraham. He was called back, if you look at chapter 11, verses 31 to 32, his father, him and his dad, they set out to go to the promised land, but they stopped. They just stopped, and they waited really um, until his father passed away, and then God called him again. One thing I like about faith, God does not call us to be perfect. He just calls us to be obedient. And he stopped. So we're looking at the second call, and he told him something kind of interesting. When you look at this, you'll see that God always takes the initiative. How many I wills are in there? I will, I will, I will. And all he calls me to do is go. 
I love the way God talks. Go. Now, we don't need to have a Bible study on the word go. And he says, I will, I will. He always takes the initiative. There's five I wills in there, the blessing. And what he was enacting was what we call a covenant. A covenant. Back in the history, a covenant meant to death. When two people went into covenant with one another, though the one who did not fulfill the covenant was worthy of death. Not like today when we have contracts. Now, you know about the marriage covenant. It's unto death. How many amens I got? Amen. If you don't do it right, you'll just die earlier. <laughs> but it's unto death. And God cut a covenant with Abraham. And we're going to talk about this covenant that we all Walk in. Those who are believers in Jesus Christ walk in this covenant. It's not talked about much, but you really recognize that you are already blessed. Hear me. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're not trying to be blessed. You're already blessed because of what Christ has done on the cross and what God has put through this covenant. There's three things in here I want to unpack that we see the actions of Abraham. First, he responded. Then he second, he received. And then the third one is he had resolved. He responded, he received, and he resolved. The first one I want to talk about, the response. Verse 1, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred to your father's house, to the land that I will show you. What God was telling him, leave all your possible sources of security. Abraham was the next in line after his father died. He had inheritance. He had um, security. He had property that was going to come to him. He said, leave what's familiar and go. The first step in walking with God is surrendering everything to him. You got sometimes you got to leave surroundings. Those are friends who are not walking with God, giving your life, having a different path on what God wants for you. And you see what happened here. He could not, as he was leaving, God was saying, you can't bring the old into the new. Isn't it tough to bring your old life into the new life? God doesn't require that. He wants you to walk in there. And this is... Uh, Veterans Day, remind me of a story. And you probably, if you've been here long enough, I've talked about it. And some of you are going to say, I wasn't born yet, Pastor Rich, when I say what I'm going to say. But it's okay. It's going to be funny. Check with me. 1978, June. When? Yeah, I know. Half of y'all ain't born yet. That's all right. You're going to hear it anyway. 1978, in June. Got on an airplane. And came to Texas. I enlisted in the United States Air Force. Now, a young kid from New York going into the Air Force with an attitude because I'm from New York. And I had, they, they required you to have one change of clothes. You had changed since, this is before 60 minutes. One change of clothes and some toiletries. And my sister dropped me off. And I got on the train. 
and I went to Brooklyn. And we flew out of Kennedy Airport, got into Texas about maybe 1 o'clock in the morning. They didn't start until the other crew got in California. California and New York were the two roughest crowds, so they waited for us to get there before they started. And the training began. I remember having my bag. That's all I had, Adidas bag, pretty bag, awesome bag. I was proud of that bag because that's the first thing I bought when I had money. And they said, pick them up and put them down. Well, you got to remember, as you're going to um, Texas, and sometimes they charted an aircraft, and the aircraft gave you stuff to drink. So it's about 2 o'clock in the morning. We all pretty, pretty, good, pretty good. So pick up your bag, throw it down. Pick them up, put it down. Pick them up, put them down. Well, I stopped doing that because, see, I had this cologne in my bag. It was PR card in. Yeah, it was good stuff back then. <laughs> you really don't get this. And the TI says, you a troublemaker? I said, no, no, man, no, man. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> she said, yes, sir. He took my bag and threw it a few yards down and it hit the ground and said, crash. And that was the last time I saw my bag. It's the last thing of the familiar. And then we went through six weeks of decommissioning Richard Brown from New York and making him a military citizen. Now, 12 of us went to New York. I mean, went to Texas. Four of us made it through. And then they put a new uniform on me, and they gave me new rules. Almost discipled me to become a military. I had four years of discipleship on being a, becoming a military citizen. Well, God, when he talks about responding to the call, the guys who didn't make it didn't respond to the call because you see in the Bible, and, and I think it's actually Matthew twenty two fourteen that many are called, but few are chosen. And, and Jesus, the context that he was talking about the, the time of, the, uh, of a wedding feast, and he was inviting people, and they wouldn't come, and they had excuses. Many are called, but few are chosen. When I graduated from basic training, they put down the chosen one. Because I decided to leave what was familiar and to go into something that was unfamiliar. Where was I going? I had no idea at the time. They had complete control of my life. And you know what? It felt good because I wasn't getting three square meals a day prior to that. And I, wasn't having, I didn't have the money to buy new clothes. And that's what I, I attributed this responding to. Those who walk with Christ, you cannot stay in the familiar. The call was that for Abraham is similar to salvation. I'm calling you out away from your family. I'm calling you out by yourself to give. And here's the greatest thing, to show you. Where are we going, God? I'll show you when you get there. Reason why? Now, here's another old story. We used to drive cars that didn't have power steering. But you could not turn the wheel unless the car was moving. God does not steer us until we start walking. So when he responded, many are called, few are chosen. Because you know something, and I realize when I'm talking about this, guys, it's never easy to surrender the known in order to embrace the unknown. It's never easy to know the surrounding 
you, what you know, and now you're going to go to something you really don't know. And that's a life of faith. But you know the one who's guiding you is faithful. But you can't bring the old into the new. You have to go into the new. When you give your life, you got to surrender your life totally to Jesus. And this was a command from God, not a, uh, a suggestion. Which gave me a revelation about when we talk about salvation. God's calling us to live for him. And here's a powerful thing, the choice we make, not just to follow him, to stay out of hell, but to give our life totally to him. That which is familiar, you can't keep it. And when you're blessed to be a blessing, it seems like it's tough in the beginning. But I'm telling you, once you get down the road, it's amazing. Because my T.I. told me at the end, he said, you know, Rich, you're coming back to Texas. I said, sir, are we off the clock now? He, said, he says, yes, sir. I said, I'm never coming back here. I'm going back to the Northeast, man, with his grass and trees. <laughs> but I stepped out. Look where I'm at. <laughs> See the journey of faith? That was my beginning journey of faith. It's a journey. So you respond. Second thing, he, when he responded, he just left. Second thing, he received. It's a hard one, guys. To receive the blessing of God. Verse 2, he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. So you'll be what? Uh, what? Now, there's a difference contrast. If you go to chapter 11, verse 4, when they built the Tower of Babel, they said we're going to make, make a name for ourselves. You realize that? That's the, that's the order of sin, ourselves versus God. He said, I'm going to make you great. I'm going to give you a name uh, with my name. Deal with that. It's amazing. Now, you're saying, Pastor Rich, that is in Genesis in the Old Testament. Well, I love the Bible because it always answers itself. If you go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 8 through 9, it talks about this, this covenant that God has cut with us people. If you go to verses 8 and 9, it says, In the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, everyone said, I'm a Gentile, by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed. Everyone says blessed. Yes. Along with Abraham, the man of faith. To receive the blessing of God, you have to do it by faith. And I'm saying beyond your pocketbook, when you look in your wallet, where there's nothing in it, has nothing to do with how God has blessed you if you're in Christ Jesus has nothing to do with this. Sometimes we look at the external. Remember, I always talk about the intrinsic value that God has put upon us, the blessing that we can give to someone. You might not have the finances, but if you have a great attitude, give that away in Walmart during Christmas. And you say, why do I have a great attitude? Because I'm full with God and everything I'm going to be full, I'm going to give out. You'll be surprised. This is a tough one because Christianity, we want to walk around, we're crucified, we're crucified. No, not really. We are crucified. But he told us to live a resurrected life. Beyond that, as they shared today, I gave. And people will be surprised that you give because that is not normal today. 
Everyone's about getting their own, making a name for themselves. When we just, as believers, God will make it, give us a name. Like he gave Abraham a new name from Abram to Abraham. If you look, know the name Abraham, it meant, I think I wrote it down. I didn't. Okay. I'll figure that out. Anyway, gave him a name as a father, but Abraham means father of all. And the greatest thing is, if you look at Galatians, Paul was talking about Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. This one, is, this one is really amazing. I want you to really write this down. So if you're in Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Heirs according to the promise. The word offspring means sperma in the Greek. The word we get sperm from, the word sperm, means seed means a seed that germinates in a life-giving power. Those who are in Christ, that's us, with seeds of blessing to other people. We have seeds to bless other people with. When we show up, it should be life-giving power. You should change the environment. As Ms. Dean was talking this morning, I remember I had the opportunity to go to Liz, um, Portugal, Lisbon, Portugal. And it's the first time Americans have been there in about 25 to 30 years. And we, at that time, Michael Jordan was on top of his basketball game, and we were wearing Bulls jackets. And they heard about Americans being in Lisbon, Portugal. And when we got off the, the, the ferry... Before they went in to start touching our skin to see who we were, they, was, they were cheering that Americans were there. They recognized there's something different than where they were at. They recognized the blessing of America. We were there on a friendship trip and also keep an eye on one of the enemies. But when we came in the port, all of a sudden, who we represent, the United States of America, was in our system, and people was able to see it and recognize it. How about when you walk into a room and you're full of Jesus? Do people just see it and recognize it? That is what he's talking about, the covenant. When you go into a room, it should be changing. The environment ought to change. Some of you are in jobs you don't like because you haven't turned the light on and changed it. You get to change those things. Every time Jesus showed up, he changed the environment. We're called not just the little air exchangers. We change the atmosphere in a room because of the blessing that's upon us. Without a dollar in your pocket, without a car that's working, without a good working job, but it's a job. You work hard, you get promoted, you complain, you'll stay there. Because we're blessed to be what? Seed that germinates and gives life. That's who we are. It's Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. That's who we are. Which 
Abraham recognized it. That makes my third point. He had resolve. He had resolve. I will bless you, those who bless you, and him and him who dishonors you, I will curse. Never get upset with your enemies. Always pray for them. And you and all the families of the earth shall be what? So Abraham went as the Lord and told him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was what? 25 years old. 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 75 years old. Now, here's the greatest thing about Abraham's resolve. It was mixed with God's faithfulness. Because if you look at the chapter, we celebrate to a couple verses that him leaving. And the first thing he runs into is a famine. So he, his trust in God kind of fell off. So he goes down to Egypt. And he has a little problem. Tried to sell his wife off. That's his sister. He was nervous. He said went back on track. Can I tell you about the journey of faith? Again, God does not call us to be perfect. Just calls us to be obedient. He made this 20, his resolve 25 years. Here I am being told I'll be the father of all. I'm going to have a, a great nation come out of you. I have no children. Even when he messed up in chapter 16 and thought he was going to help God out. He was 86 years old. Then if you go to chapter 17, it says when he was 99, 13 years of not hearing God, thinking you were doing the right thing. Did God give him up? Did he say, oh, loser? No. He, he ratified the covenant. Again, Abraham, he said this, walk with me in weakness, which means trust me. When you're walking in the covenant of God, it's trust, not trying. You walk in trust. Because we're not only the recipients of the blessing, we're channels that flow out to others. Think about it. Reason why this is so important. That truly amazing. When I talked about covenant, it would be like me and Pastor Craig have a handshake and we agree to be in covenant, which we are as friends. Breaks that, this Old Testament, he's worthy of death. God knew that. He knew our frail personality. He knows our ups and our downs. We'll have a great faith, but we will drop that faith in a minute when trouble comes. So it says when you get in the book of Hebrews, that he swore, he couldn't swear no higher than anyone else because he's God. So he swore by himself, which means, which means you can have resolve because God's going to get it accomplished. Because he said it is going to happen because he swore by himself. And here's the thing. We always talk about what God can do, what God can do, what God can do. Let me tell you a couple things God can't do. One is change his mind. The second one is he cannot lie. It's not contingent on you failing sometime. At least you're failing forward. 
So when we talk about the covenant, I don't, feel, I don't understand. I want you to go home and read it. Because we're not, trying, we're not a people trying to get up on a step. We're already on this step because it was ratified by Jesus Christ. And when you look at that, anything you're facing, if God says something over your life years ago, continue walking in it because he swore no He doesn't lie. It's impossible for him to lie. That's his nature. He can't lie. He can't change his mind. So, oh, bad day. Me and Craig, we're not going to be friends anymore. I had enough. Can't change his mind as we do. He's like he said in the word. He's not like a man who changes his mind. He's God. So when Abraham messed up, decided him, you know, his wife, hands my handmaiden, let's help God out. Though God didn't speak for 13 years, God did not lose him. Give me that scripture in Hebrews. There you go. So when God desired to show more convincingly, to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his person, purpose, he guaranteed it. Everyone say guarantee. guarantee. With an oath. So that by two unchangeable things, which is impossible for God to what? To what? Lie. To what? Lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement. Hold fast. Resolve. Hold fast going to get tough. Hold fast. The promise is going to change. Is it going to change? As long as it's God's promise for your life. Hold fast. In the hold fast to the hope set before us. He was talking to a people who are about to give up. He was talking about Abraham. Don't give up because this promise that God has said you guys are going through some turmoil. It doesn't change the promise. Because here's a good word I love. God's word, his nature, and most of all, his son is dependable. He is dependable. Is this too simple for anybody? He's dependable. Again, those who respond to the call of Christ. When you, get a, when you get a revelation of that, you'll understand those who are in Christ and those who are struggling without Christ. And some of you might be in here this morning, who don't know Christ? And you wonder why things are going, going bad. Because you're trying to make a name for yourself, and God has made it easy. He gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for us. That you may have new life. But you got to surrender. Not just give your keys. You got to give it all. You got to respond. And then you got to be received to correction and the direction of God. Like Abraham. He stayed in the game. Waiting 25 years for the promise. Hey, don't fall apart if you've been waiting five months. And he had resolve. Mixed with faith. I love the word in Timothy. When I'm faithless, God is faithful. His, this promise has nothing to do with my condition of the moment. And those moments change quick, frequently sometimes. Why don't we all stand? Some of us need to respond to God in worship. Respond in salvation.
respond to God. Doesn't hate you. You, you, can, you can be up and down, but his word and his promises are always steady. Always steady. When seemingly it's impossible odds, you're in a great place for a miracle. That's not right, Elder Terry. You'll hear from him next week about the blessings of God. Never too late. Here's what I learned, guys. Enjoy your journey. Now, you guys are 22 years old. You think you missed the whole world, didn't you? Enjoy your journey. You can't change the world in a day because it took us a long time to mess it up, my age group. I'll be honest with you. Let's worship God. Put our hands up in an act of surrender. Say, God, what is God calling you to step out in? And to whom? And you've been, rebe- you've been hesitant because you're afraid he might drop you. Well, I declare right now, those who have the call, those who are being called out of their comfort zone, I pray, God, right now for courage, boldness, because it says in your word, you go before us. You never leave us or forsake us. You love us. So when we step out, we don't see. We know that you have put the next step. As we go out in faith, you're holding us up, God. As a church, as individuals, God, you have called us into our community to bring grace point into streets. That's our mission. And Father, let us go in our mission. Let's not have a Bible study about the word go. Let's remember that who you call, you equip. And you always call us out to enable us and empower us. I pray this morning as we worship God, we'll hear your voice distinctly. In Jesus' name, amen.